podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is part of the Anfield Raps Christmas Hamper. What is the Anfield Raps Christmas Hamper, you ask yourself? Well, the Anfield Raps Christmas Hamper is us handing over to you all the shows that we normally put behind the paywall for this week leading up into Christmas so you can get a flavour of what's going on there. That's what we're about with this little thing. We want you to get to listen to all of this, get a flavour of what we're doing, and maybe you'll think about subscribing. You'll be able to click subscribe whenever you want to throughout these shows. Go from there, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. But more than anything else, we very much hope you enjoy the shows. Thanks for listening all year, the Anfield Wrap. It is the Tuesday of you after Liverpool play Everton, go to Goodison Park and win by one goal to nil. Uh, Liverpool, the better side across the course of the 90 minutes. We'll have a chat about that, how the game played out. But the way we like to do this show is first and foremost discuss the approaches of the two managers in what they were trying to achieve at the start of the game and try to work that out before we, we move going forward. And Everton, Sean, interestingly, don't bring Barry back. Drop Funes Murray in for Jag- Murray in for Jagielka. Um, and apart from that, it's a similar sort of four-one-four-one that they were playing against Arsenal. Yeah, it was interesting watching some of the pre-game interviews. Klopp was quite funny. You won't have seen it, but he was, he was laughing, saying, "They said, what do you think of your first visit to Goodison Park?" And he said, "The grass is very long." Yeah, and then burst out laughing. Um, and it was Ronald Koeman was quite honest and just said, "Look, we cannot afford to lose the ball." Uh, in our own half with the way Liverpool press. So, you, you know, you got an insight into one manager who was thinking, we really want to play football. And I mean, it's not as bad as 96. Do you remember in 96 when it was raining and they just turned the hoses on? <laughs> that foul, the equaliser, it, like, it was raining enough and they literally just had the hoses on even at half-time that day. It was just crazy. It wasn't quite that length. But the grass is long, stop us playing, and you get Klopp wants to play football. And Koeman was basically saying, look, we aren't going to be playing any football in our own half against these today, which you, you can understand to a certain extent. I think with the team selection, they've got their result and performance against Arsenal, so it's an easy one for them, other than the Jaggy Elka situation. And I think for us, I'm sure they had done everything they could to get Matip ready. I think it's interesting that I think we'd have been playing anyone else. Would we have seen Sturridge and Chan on the bench? I don't know. Um, mm. I think it's such a big game that, that, that they wanted them involved, or, or available to be involved, I should say. So I think no, no great surprises in either set. I'd heard rumours that Everton had trained, I think rumours went around the city, didn't they, that Everton might play three at the back. I think there was a rumour yep. that I'd heard that they might have been training with it as well. But I think that after what happened to Chelsea, I, I don't think against us he was going to take that that risk. To be, I, I mm. thought it'd be, I'd be, I was made up if he did. Mm. That was the only thing with his selection was did was he tempted to go three at the back? I wonder if I wonder if in an ideal world that might be what he wants to play, but he knows that next undoubtedly time he, next yeah. time he goes to that, uh, if he gets beaten heavily again, it's going to become a harder and harder sell both internally and externally to to push along. And Liverpool, uh, Paul, no Matip um, doesn't get himself involved. Interestingly, from the Middlesbrough game, we almost follow the pattern. Both halves really. Uh, first half, Origi started through the middle. Second half, pulling left a lot more, but it's, it's, it's interesting that we didn't start him left, we chose to start him up top. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Klopp, Klopp knows enough about this country now to, and probably knows enough about Everton and, and what to expect going into a game like that, that you know you're going to have to earn the right, it's, it's the old cliches, isn't it? You're going to have to earn the right to play and you probably he was probably thinking, and we, I mean, we've we've talked about this in the past and you can debate it at length, what, what's better? Because Origi is the physically bigger, stronger player out of him and Firmino but I mean there's a, there's a good argument isn't that Firmino is a much better hold up player his, his touch is better he's, he's clever at that sort of thing and and for all of Origi's physical attributes and his strength he, he didn't hold the ball up at all well yesterday and, and I think obviously they're, they're knowing that the first 20 minutes is going to be a, a, a physical battle maybe I don't know it'd be interesting to know whether Klopp was surprised by just how much they put into the first 20 to 25 minutes. Because it was, I mean, even at the game, it was noticeable, wasn't it? You were, We were there, and I think we're all in our separate little pockets around the, around the, the away support saying, there's no way they can keep, keep this up. There's, there was just no chance. It was it was a great start by them. And and that's, and that's in fairness to, to the likes of Origi, very difficult to get into a game like that. You are, I think you almost just have to take it, take a bit of a hit and take it on the chin and know that you've just got to get through that period and wait for them to burn themselves out a bit. So, yeah, there was, there was no surprise for, for us in the in the team selection, I don't think. And interesting what Sean's saying about Sturridge and Chan as well on the bench. Klopp actually made a bit of a reference after the match that they'd only had a couple of training sessions and nowhere near the intensity they needed to be really to be involved. So I don't think he, I, I don't think he would have done. I don't think he would, he would have risked them if it wasn't the derby. I think for Koeman, I mean, great to see what you two guys think. What would you have done if you were him? Because I think against Liverpool, if you're Koeman, he's got two choices and I think he either does the Burnley 
Swansea-esque kind of tactic of hit them hard, get the goals, hang on for dear life. But you've got to get the goals in a very concentrated time period or play dead. See how Liverpool play. They might not be at the peak. Just keep it at nil-nil. The longer it stays at nil-nil, there's more pressure on them. And then and we, how can we look for our bits and pieces through the game and pick our moments? And, and I can look at the last 20 minutes of the game as well when Liverpool might have to open up a little bit more. Now, it's obvious now in hindsight he went very much for the kind of Burnley-type Swansea-esque element but didn't get his goals in that period. I mean, it's easy with hindsight. Now, I haven't seen him try that before the game. What would you have... If you were in the pub at the ground or outside the ground, what would what would you have said I, you're most worried about? Would you have been worried about an Everton blitz or would you have gone, I don't want Everton to I'd, play dead? I'd have been more worried if they'd have played dead, but I don't think... I think it's hard to articulate exactly how hard that would have been for them to do. Yeah. In the I think I think that if it's not the Merseyside derby, if it's a side with Everton's players, with Everton's manager, in Everton's position in the table, having just come off Everton's win against Arsenal, but they're just like identical team. You know what I mean? They're all playing in white, and it's like a Daz advert. That side, what the right thing to do would be to play dead. But it's the Merseyside derby, and to convince the Goodison crowd. That will play in dead, and it's the best possible thing that we can do, and not end up getting tons and tons of grief through the game, having the crowd turn against you because you're not going toe to toe with Liverpool early becomes really, really difficult. And I, the, the, the lads who came on the Friday show, Matt, talked loads of sense, and he, he advocated the the soak it up, try and play as calmly as possible, and then just sort of have your big moments, winning the odd tackle and putting the odd block in. But I mean, that's such an easy thing to say, uh, and you know, as I say, and, and I, I think, as I say, if you can just take all of that out of it, Paul, then you can say that's sound, and that's probably the best possible approach. Get to sixty, and maybe do a bit of what United did as well, tr- chuck that in there somewhere. But there's just not that. I, I just think it would be practically impossible for them with the way in which that ground is about this game. I'm not looking yeah. to gloat. Well, actually, we are. That's the answer. We are all here to gloat. <laughs> um, but that says a lot about them, doesn't it? No, if you, I think you're probably right there. If you're saying that could be the right thing to do, but they can't get their heads around if, that. If, Co- yeah. if, Koeman's won I mean, the, if, if Koeman's managed three derbies and won two of them and drawn one and then he does that, then they're all thinking sound, you know, we're relaxed yeah. here. But the, that's not the environment that he's coming into. He's still coming into having to prove himself. And if he does that and gets done 4-0, I mean, he'd get absolutely, he'd get absolutely mm. battered for it. And, you know, right, you're thinking about all of that. It's it's such a massive call to make to go that way and not the way in which they did actually go. I, I think it's it's fascinating and you could do a whole show and I've written something for the for the site today where I've talked about it because it was the first time I've been inside Goodison for probably 15 years and it's the first time I've been in the in the, the away end for a derby. I've always sat in with the with the Blues in the past and it's not something you could do. It's changed a lot in 15 years and these are all hypotheticals but I think it would have been even been interesting to see whether, how Kuma would have approached that game if it was at the start of the season before he'd been exposed to... to the, the craziness around yeah. Everton. It's mad. Like he, he's, I we were talking about this before the game, and having a laugh about it. But it's the type of thing that when when he's in talks with the chairman and he's being sold the, the Everton project, and we all hate that word and stuff. But he's looking at it going. Well, this is an old great club. They've won the league. They've got this new owner. But what the new owner and what Bill Kenwright aren't going to say to him in that meeting is, by the way, though, all the lads are crazy. You know, they're absolutely insane. And if you do things like I've read on your Christmas tree, they'll all go mad. <laughs> and it's not a joke. Like I was looking at his tweets again from the other week about that, and you could see his response was a bit like, "Are you met? Is this a? Are you winding me up?" And when someone went to him, someone's <laughs> obviously had a word and gone, no, mate, you're going to have to take the red off your Christmas tree. He's, he's not renowned as having a, the greatest sense of humour, shall we say. Well, I've got all of his sessions from when he was at Ajax. Um, and that sounds mad because there's not that many. So, like, literally, um, like he had a good squad. I think Ibrahimovic was playing for mm. him for a period mm. there. And he is talk like, literally, the talk of boredom mid-season to do with his trainings. They're good sessions, don't get me wrong, but there's not many of them. So the talk of boredom and Ronald being quite uh, straight... Is is it's not? Yeah. It wasn't the funnest place to be, even though mm. they were quite successful. Well, it's, and this is, but this is where he's he's got a big, and this is why I I agree with Neil hundred percent that I don't think he had any other choice than to approach it the way he did yesterday, and and with the experience he has, I think he knows that as well. And I think his job, I've got a, a mate of who's a city fan, who I often refer to, and he talked about when they were first bought out and they were trying to change the whole mentality of this football club, 
and they knew it was going to be a problem because they in in their situation their player of the season for the, for the previous three seasons had been Richard Dunn who was Yikes. like the, the most glorious loser of all time like he, he my mate always references a an FA Cup semi where they got beaten in his post match interview immediately after the game was a, was just a bit like well it's just nice to play in a semi isn't it we didn't yeah. we didn't really think yeah. we'd win and and he said like when Mancini especially came in the very first thing he did was get rid of Richard Dunn and people were up in arms but he was like he's a loser he's an absolute loser and, I'm br- and he brought in an old Patrick Vieira to say we, I need winners in my dressing room and I think Koeman's probably learning very quickly that the, the whole mentality that's built up around Everton over the past 15-20 years is going to take a lot to change and I'm, whether whether he's up for the long haul fight and all of that is, is another it's a completely well, it's a, different yeah well there's another conversation one for another day completely but They've got a couple of injuries, but you take Seamus Coleman and Lukaku out of that team. Um, it's been a long time since we've seen an Everton team, I think, that poor. Um, well, that's the other problem, isn't it? Say he did choose to go the other way. What does he do? Leave Lukaku on the bench for the last 20 minutes? What? Do you, what I mean, that, ironically, that would actually go down quite well with a lot of Evertonians, which is, which is I mad. Didn't, I didn't realise, with one or two little injuries here and there, I didn't realise how poor, how poor a side they've got. Um, you try and pick a combined team. You look at some of the games we've had this year. Um, where we may have well got results, but there's quite a few teams we've played where um, I'm not sure how many Everton players again. You take Coleman and Lukaku out. I'm not too. I'm not sure the mid-table sides in this division how many. Have you look at Stoke even. I, 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 I under, going into the derby. I'm always nervous just because I'm a little. You know, I'm just nervous about it. But mm. in reality. I mean, what you're coming up against there? It's not that. That's a. It's a long time since seen Everton squad. I think that looks that poor. They look depleted. I think. I think. I. I. I think it's the. Uh, now that we played them, I think you can get to the side of a few of these sentences that they've got the win they got against Arsenal is enormous for them. If they'd have got beat at Arsenal and then got beat by us the next games, Leicester away and then it's Hull away and then the next two homes, I think I'm right in saying, are Man City and Crystal Palace. Ouch. And it becomes quite difficult. And they, are poor, they have a great record, Palace at home. I don't think... It's certainly been difficult for them. The, yeah. the Palace really do well against Everton. Mm. I, I, I honestly think that it becomes a little difficult. So it's, it's really important they got the win that they got against Arsenal because it just keeps the walls from the door a little bit and he can have a look at it and he can make hopefully get himself a couple... He'll be, he'll be desperate to could get... Be, what would they be now? There'd be six points off relegation if they hadn't beaten Arsenal. Yeah, that run of games. Yeah, the, I think that I, I think that it's a really uh, now we get to go into January position of relative strength. Add two or three. There's loads of talk of Schneiderlin, and he'd make a world of difference to them. And yeah. Koeman's worked with him before. Um, and Schneiderlin and Adrissa Gay becomes a thing that you can yeah, build yeah, yeah. something around yeah. and go. That's a basis. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that, and I think it goes from there. But yeah, I think that there is there is a bit of work that needs to be done. Nonetheless, though, you know. The first half there, it's a half or two halves, and and they do the thing where they put all the energy in the first twenty five. It's it's basically the first twenty five. It breaks down on the stats on the first twenty five. Sean, when you when you look at, when you look at it, but it's very direct. If you're asking who's winning the battles, I'd probably say Everton are winning the battles at that point in the game. They're certainly winning the territory, but they create very very little. And I think I can't work out if that's them being blunt, or Liverpool defending well, or both. I. I think it's yeah, it's a combination. I think that Everton, the weakness in their their wingers, their wingers toiled and worked the socks off, um, but there's absolute zero quality from their two wide men. And I thought that Lovren and Clavin in particular, but the back four dealt really well um, with Lukaku and Barkley. It's the odd time Barkley gets away from Anderson, and um, I think Jordan could have been a bit tighter to him. Where the second balls and things, particularly when Lukaku was against Clavin, I thought Barkley was picking up little second balls, but just didn't have the quality or had an off night, shall we say, in terms of what he actually did with it. From that, I thought playing in that role, his head just fell off. To be brutally honest with you, he had so many chances in the first half to hurt us and do something that he didn't do. Uh, it was incredible. But yeah, I thought I thought their blunt out wide, and I felt that the the back four stayed really strong. I thought that in in that period, I think that I think the Liverpool's tactic was to play. And I thought the problem that I think the problem in that period was because of Liverpool's focus on playing, Firmino and Mane were dropping so deep into midfield to go, it's all right, lads, we'll come in and overload and we'll play better. It just meant more numbers in a tight pitch with the crowd up and just meant we had even less out balls, even less diagonal balls, even less support for a ridgy as time wore on because Firmino and Mane just kept dropping into those zones. And in those circumstances, it is very hard to play through that. And I thought Liverpool's options were 
like anything, you know, we've referenced Pep Guardiola on here before, where even his Barcelona team going away to Valencia would play long for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes because they just needed to beat that press and let Valencia punch themselves out a little bit. We look like it, that wasn't an option last night. It was if we need to play. And I don't know whether that's by design or just what the players did. So look, Mane and Firmino kept dropping in there to play and you got McCarthy running around like headless chicken during that 25-minute period. Um, Everton lost their shape loads in the midfield area, but they kind of got away with it because it was just 10, 11 bodies in a very tight section of the pitch, which meant we couldn't play through. And I, I don't think Liverpool looked to get into any fight or into any deliberate battle in don't that you? period. I don't, if we did, we didn't do a very good job on it, uh, I don't think, because um, I, thought that, I, I thought that we wanted to play and that Lovren and Henderson had a bit of ball, and they looked up, and Mane and Firmino were dropping in to try and get on it, and we were feeding it into midfield and engaging. We were allowing Everton then to engage, and then we have to respond, because all of a sudden there's a second ball to fight for, if you see what I mean, rather than going long and diagonal, maybe picking up the pieces and getting some territory. All the territory was kind of in our half. So I think we were dragged into a battle on second balls and things like that, but I don't think the deliberate aim was... Win the bat, win win the battle, and then win the war type thing. I think we wanted to play, and that's why Mane and Firmino were dropping in to try and play. We've just, just you can't underestimate how much effort they put into that twenty five minute period. I mean, you're saying what you saw on the ground on TV. It was like I was in a WhatsApp group with my mates, just saying we've just got to get to twenty five minutes, half an hour. These are gone, mm. completely gone. And other than subs, they'll be gone second half. We've just got to stay at nil nil. But they never really looked like getting a goal. It was it was just. We were poor, but fair play to them. It's very difficult to play football against the intensity of that first 25 minutes from them. I think that there's a couple of really interesting points when I was watching it again today because I was really low down in the, in the lower bones. And you, you, it's really funny because going from because I sit at Hope in the main stand for home games and going from that perspective bones. to the like the seventh row of the lower bones, you can barely see anything. But watching it again this morning, in spite of it being so intense and so frantic and everything you're saying, Joe, so little space for everybody, we something that struck me last night and then watching it again is we we lack the cool edge that Klopp always wants us to have it and it's that it's that balance isn't it of having that intensity and being in the battle and being able to win but then as soon as you've got the ball switching back to being cool and calm and I think that's where we let ourselves down in the first half hour because in spite of Everton putting so much into that 20 25 minutes we still had a number of opportunities where if our passing had been sharper and better We'd have we'd have got around them, yeah, that's valid, yeah. and we, there was a few very clear passes out out from defence where we've nicked it back, and they were just te- like really bad passes. It wasn't like mm. oh you've there's missed that by half a yard. There's a couple in Klein's direction. Yeah, there. Milner as well. It's yeah. a couple. Firmino was sort of. I mean, I think Firmino. It looks like he's still carrying something and he's sort of playing through. But if if we'd have been a little bit cooler in that period when we got the ball back, I think we'd have, we'd have caused them problems much earlier than than we did. Um, but I mean, saying all of that, going away to Goodison and and just getting through that period nil nil. That's the other side of it. For for all of that intensity, I think the problems all sides face with us now. We saw we've referenced this about the United game at, at, at Anfield. They didn't really threaten us at all, in spite of all that. energy. that energy is sort of being being expelled by them to c- keep control of us. As opposed to saying, well, we're at home, lads, we're going to go and score a goal in this first half hour. And I think that's where sides are a little bit stuck between a rock and a hard place with us. Because if you say, well, what approach are you going to go for? Are you going to try and blitz us in the first half an hour and get one or two goals? Or are you going to sit back and wait till the end? Well, if you, what you're left with Everton there is, they blitzed us for the first half hour, but didn't lay a glove on us. All they did yeah. was stop us playing. So, so then once they've punched themselves out, they're all looking at each other thinking, we didn't even have a shot then, you know, lads. Yeah, one. I, that's dead right. I think fair play to Everton in one sense in that they did play very direct, so we weren't able to engage our press and try and win it back off them. And although Lukaku didn't really damage us directly, what he did do was occupy Clavin a little bit and did enable them, if they wanted to, to try and pick up them second balls. I thought the only weakness in our side really was if Firmino was going to drift inside and look for the ball or try and give Origi that support... Wijnaldum and or someone else has got to get out and help Milner and I thought Coleman was too good an out ball for them in the first period and on another day if Lovren and Clavin don't defend his crosses um, and if, if Milner and a couple of others and Henderson don't get over to him as often as they do we could easily be talking about Seamus Coleman setting up either some better chances for Everton or even a goal 
and we'd be talking about that a hell of a lot more mm. just because the end ball or finish wasn't there doesn't avoid the fact I think that it'd be easy to criticise Firmino but I think Firmino's given that licence to do that and especially when he's in that role on the left and I think Coleman was too good an out ball for them and he, and he did show a clean pair of heels a couple of times and I thought Lovren and Clavin did really really well with some last, last ditch defending in the area which sort of protect us other than that outlet they had nothing, did they? There was there was odds and sods that dropped with Barkley that he didn't do anything with. But really, it was it was the Coleman threat down the right hand side and Liverpool's shape really meaning that was that was allowed. And like you say, that it's weird. It's a bit like having three rounds to knock someone out, but not really throwing any uppercuts or hooks or anything. Mm. You know, you're really busy with loads of body shots and jabs and stuff, but you've just knackered yourself out without being brave enough to throw the big shots. You know, they didn't throw both fullbacks forward. They tried to keep. Um, the two midfielders in there, didn't they? You know, they wanted a solid pair in front of the back four. So they, they they kept five back, didn't they, all the time? They never really fully went for it. And and I think, like you were saying before, maybe that's just the Everton psyche with these games and the record in these games, just that little bit, I don't know. Or, or whether that's just Liverpool now. We've seen this with a number of teams that are just scared to open up because of the threat of Liverpool on the counter-attack. I think that's, that, that's the problem, isn't it? You, you mentioned this in a show while I was away about us at Middlesbrough and how brave you have to be to play football the way we played in that game and the way we're trying to play football in every game it's it's brave and the problem with the way Everton approach that game and every other team that comes up against us they, if they want to beat us they're going to have to show more courage they're going to have to when they're having that 25 minutes go well we will push our fullbacks up then we'll, we'll have to we'll roll the dice a little bit in this period and try and get that uppercut in and try and have a goal there's, there's, there's something in, uh, in, in, in the thing that Sean always says I think Paul which is that when we score, it's the worst it's happened, and then everyone pulls themselves together and starts again. And I think there's, an, there's, there's there is a slight issue. Where I think we are struggling a little bit at times when we go one nil, even three one at Bournemouth, is that it, it makes everyone's mind up. Hmm. Yeah. If you West Ham then and you feel like you're getting on top, for instance, when we yeah. go one nil, you think you know what? We feel like we're getting somewhere now. We might as well just absolutely hammer it. And yeah. go, and, and I'm gonna have a big ten. I'm gonna come out the other side, and maybe just maybe we've got something. And in West Ham's case, and what's the alternative as well? And what's the alternative? One nil down. So why yeah. not? We feel like we're growing into the game. We get a bit of momentum. Let's just take every chance we get yeah. at this stage, and then come out the other side. Bournemouth's a great example. It's three one. They decide to cheat with the lad Fraser, who by the way came on for them against Southampton and was nowhere near as good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am behind him, uh, and he was nowhere near as effective when he came on. But yeah, I wonder how the we tested after that game yeah <laughs> I just and then it's all of a sudden there he is and it's you know it's absolutely flying and I, I, I think that you just get to go you know what we're giving it everything we've got mm. and why not because the worst happens and the thing about this goal yesterday for Everton is obviously when it happens they're absolutely exhausted it's done it's 94 minutes they know it's the winner everyone knows it's yeah. all over there's no opportunity then and that's I think that's why Sides are conservative against us, but they're not necessarily as conservative. And you get to see it when they go, when they go, when they're down, because they think, you know what, we might as well just lash the dice mm. and just see what happens. And you never know, we could turn them around. In mitigation, and I, they didn't do this to stop him. The somewhat worrying thing, which is, is a big compliment in a way, the first twenty-five minutes. We talk about Coutinho, we talk about storage, we talk about moving for me and out the middle. You compare Middlesbrough and then the first twenty-five minutes of last night. You saw the difference taking Adam Lallana out of our game makes in a big way. Um, the way that Everton played with the ball meant that Lallana, he couldn't press, he couldn't, Lallana couldn't play the way he wanted to. He tried to get out and give a Ridgie more support and shut the centre half down, but they were literally hoofing it that quickly that Lallana couldn't get out of them. Mm. So it, you saw in that first 25 minutes, Lallana basically wasn't involved at all. And then with the ball, we weren't able to get him on it. He was abs- There was too many bodies in there even by his unbelievable standards this season and that was a thing that we maybe can't underestimate that for 25 minutes was probably the poorest we've been yeah Everton though did probably put an hour's running into that and they're not a team geared up to do that no anyway and on top of that our probably our best player our fulcrum for when we're at our best look at Middlesbrough as an so even in the first half of Middlesbrough a lot of players pinging sixes for me Mm. But Lalana was just unbelievable, both halves. It's just everyone sort of moved up a few gears, second half for me in Middlesbrough. You saw against Everton, we couldn't get Lalana involved in the game, and it's a very different Liverpool team when he's not involved with them yeah. without the ball. You get to see that more in the second half, but just to cover the first half of the the second half of the first half ball is, you know, it's it's not all Liverpool, but it's practically no Everton, and that's this is where that that sort of dropped off a cliff. Um, you know, I think that Origi should probably do a little bit better with the best move of the half. Um, what struck me, and 
looking back at the game and then looking back at the the heat maps as well post was we become a little bit of a two and a one in midfield it's not an accident i don't think uh 25 to 45 it's not henderson holden and vinaldum and lalana playing ahead of them for that period of the game we've got both sort of vinaldum and henderson are sitting quite close to the back four quite close to one another and and simultaneously Klein crazily is the Liverpool player with the most advanced average position. When you look at those heat maps, which I didn't see coming, he's not involved very much. Mm. But he's he is he he's has higher than Mane originally. He's higher than Mane, yeah. And it's you, you don't see that one coming. I, I didn't really get the sense of that watching it either. But when you when you look back at it, that's that's what that's showing you there. Yeah, it's it's interesting with with stats and average average positions. Though, isn't I wrote a wrote an article which always raises a few questions with with people who like really like stats. But averages can be misleading. I think Everton's setup allowed us to do that. Allowed us to do. I think Lukaku decided. I think Lukaku played on Lovren and Clavin in the first ten, and I think he makes the decision around the ten minute mark. I'm sticking on Clavin. I thought Lovren was outstanding all night, but I think Lukaku made the decision to play on Clavin. So the problem is because he's made the decision to play on him. Lovren's how much space did Lovren have? And yeah. that's the reason Lukaku was not interested in engaging in, but Barkley didn't want to leave Henderson. And I think that's why, what you're saying about stats, mm. Klein can bomb on because Lovren's just got the ball and he's walking into space. So Klein has to yeah. bomb on and give the width because Lukaku's going, I'm happy playing on this lad, thanks. And Barkley's going, oh no, I've been told Zick on Henderson. So he's looking at the others going, who's going to come and press Lovren? And there isn't anyone to come and press Lovren because they're looking after Wijnaldum or Lalana or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I think that's why it distorts it a little bit because I think Everton will lopsided because Lukaku's gone, I'm standing here. Well, that, that's always the thing that you don't see, do you? In a lot of stats is, that, is all of the other variables that took place in the same game that, that influence this. It's not. It's never as, as clear-cut as, as you can see from a lot of stats. You see, on Lukaku's heat map, he's like, he's basically stood on Clown. Yeah. Yeah, it's the exact zone. Which is not surprising, is it? I, mean, I, I think there's some stats on sort of aerial duels one, which is another one I always think is, is interesting because... You can on pure numbers, it looks like Clavin doesn't win as many aerial duels as Lovren, or he doesn't. If you know, if you're just going on cold hard facts, but if if Lukaku says, "Well, I'm going to stand in front of Clavin, just knock the ball at my head," and Clavin challenges him for every one of those, chances are he's going to lose every one because Lukaku's or, a big or lad, fi- or at least fifty percent. Exactly, and Lovren's marking thin air virtually because he's got no yeah. one up against him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, th- I think that that period of the game is even when when you're watching it again, it's almost it's always noticeable the complete drop off. All of a sudden, we've got a bit more space. All of a sudden, there's there's a moment around the 30th minute, which is it's about four or five minutes before Origi's chance, where I, I thought an interesting stat to to see would be the correlation between the number of Cruyff turns we do and how well we're playing in games. Because <laughs> there was it there was a there was just a, a five second period where the ball came into Lalana in the centre of the pitch. He does a little Cruyff turn and rolls away from his man and gives it to. And it was interesting. The, the commentator on LFC TV said in both of these instances, Lalana had it. Rolled his man, did a Cruyff, gave it to Firmino. Firmino had it, did a Cruyff, rolled his man, put it out wide. And on both of those, the commentator on the LFC TV went, Lalana's got the ball, can't afford to lose it there. He hasn't. He's given it to Firmino, can't afford to lose it there. He hasn't. And that's when we're at our yeah, best. Yeah. When that happens, because all of a sudden, there's three or four of their midfielders out the game and we're away. And five minutes later, we have that move that leads to Origi's chance, which he probably should do better with. But that, that was the, the little period where you can see then that's that's when and they're those I think they're always always the moments in games where especially with this team now because they they believe so much and we believe them that's when you're starting to look at each other in the ground their fans are looking at each other our players are looking at each other on the pitch their players are looking at each other on the pitch going right <laughs> this is this is well, that period well, of the game now is it I hadn't thought about this because I just thought Everton punched themselves up but punch themselves out, sorry, but looking at it, it's quite interesting. I'll tweet these out so you can have a look because they are mad in that I think Coleman's getting so much ball and Firmino's not tracking him. And that sounds like criticism, but I don't think Firmino's supposed to track him, if that makes sense. Mm. Lukaku thinks, I'm going to play on Clavin. And then you've got Everton's two best players starting to move towards the right-hand side of the pitch. So then all of a sudden, when Liverpool are looking to play, Everton become a bit more lopsided, which means Lovren's got that additional space. So Lovren keeps getting the ball and he keeps driving forward, which means Klein's getting forward. And you could argue that Klein and Mane that little partnership with Lalana buzzing round, that's they're probably our best three players starting to grow into the game and to play, you know. Mm. Um, I'll tweet out, it's funny, because I've just been looking here, it looks like Everton have got 10 men, and I've just seen Aaron Lennon is literally like font 0.5. Uh, you can't see him, it looks like Everton have 10 men for 20 minutes. 
that's that's a long period of the game, you know. And I think mm. that shows that Everton have geared themselves to our left side, and we're just winning it back and sweeping around the other side of the pitch, and they're not involved, and and we start to grow into the game. I don't know what you thought from the ground. I'd be really interested to see what you think. I thought when Alderman that period was absolutely fantastic. It's yeah. just when he gets to the penalty area, the final shot or the final. Um, pass even the pass he makes to Klein for a Ridgie's chance. I don't think it's the greatest ball, but up until that that point, from twenty five minutes on, I thought the second half as well. I thought he was up there with Lovren for man. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the ground, does he? Do you think pe- people don't notice that? No, when no. Watching pe- all there was a lot of there was a lot of an album talk coming out. Yeah, uh, loads and loads of people were onto it yesterday. Exactly the performance that he put in. And the other thing that I look out for as well, and look out for in those periods is, and I think it's again, if you want to say correlations, odd correlations, possibly length of time their keepers taking over goal kicks. Their keeper's not thick. Their keeper knows he need to, they need a breather and then they need to get to half-time. Mm, yeah, yeah. And Stecklenberg takes a goal kick on about 40 and he must have took about a minute over it. Yeah. And, and he knows... And the reason why is because at first 20, he couldn't get it out fast enough. Yeah. First 20, yeah, he couldn't yeah. shift it out of, out of his feet fast enough. It got to 40 and he really dwelt on this goal kick. And I'm watching that one and it's what you're talking about there as well. And also, the other thing to notice is he's putting all the goal kicks the same side. The same thing yeah, you talk about because yeah. he's aiming in the general direction of the car yeah. And then you pick the bits up. And so, you know, all of this sort of stuff adds into what's happened now in the football match, which is Everton can't now get a foothold back in it. Liverpool have got the entirety of a flag to play with, they're not involved. They're not involved in that area of the pitch. Liverpool are finding all of this room, and simultaneously they're going into the game. The thing that surprised me, and I don't know if it surprised either of you, I don't know if it surprised you, Paul, but in the context of all of this, I, I, when I'm watching their keeper take ages over the goal kick, I'm thinking could just be saving themselves here for a big start to the second half. That we could well get no, not another 25, but we could well get another 15 of Everton piling the pressure on, and they just couldn't get near it. I didn't think. I thought that we came out absolutely on it on one level, but on another level, and I don't know if it's as simple as the Barry change means that they haven't quite got the McCarthy whirling dervish legs in the middle of the park, but they just they just sat there, and it's it, from the period of time from half time, arguably up until when the keeper goes down injured, you're just waiting for the Liverpool opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's funny because I, I was really, I was more confident going into yesterday's derby than I've than I've been in years, and it was partly because I expected them to do the the high intensity first 20 minutes and I couldn't get out of my head Cooman's comments in the summer about how unfit they all were and he's obviously had the pre-season to work with them and get them fit but he he started the season complaining about their lack of fitness and saying we're still not fit and we know from comments our own managers made how difficult that is to fix during the season so I'm thinking to myself going in well their best case scenario here is he's got their fitness up to 90% 90% of what he thinks it should be. They're going to put everything into the first half hour. Where do they go from there? We're already fitter than you. Before we start, we're fitter than you. So our lads are on the pitch looking at each other going, these have burnt themselves out. And and that's what, when I was in the, and it could have just been because I'd, I'd had a few drinks and I was naively super confident in that game. I was, when when they started to drop off before half time, I just kept saying to Ben Johnson, who I was standing next to, they got this, this has gone now, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. And and interestingly, we'll, we'll come on to the second half, obviously, but I I was shocked actually watching it back how early in the second half Firmino's chance was. Yeah. It's it, in the match it seemed much later. It was on the 49th minute or something like that. You should pay double for your tickets, Jono, next year. <laughs> I mean, you could auction them, mate. <laughs> there was an Olympic champion near him. Uh, there is it is that the, the keeper delay does hurt our momentum, but we're so dominant, Sean. I mean, at that, at that point in the game, we're so, we've become so dominant without hitting the heights of Middlesbrough. Really, yeah. it's quite an interesting sort of form of dominance in that it's not it's not pulling them apart and pulling them open. It's just that they've just got no way of getting out at this stage. You do get coincidences, but I mean, is it a coincidence that against Borough, bit of an iffy first half from Liverpool, and we came out in the second half of that game like it was a different day and a different game. And again against Everton, or we probably came into it a bit more against Everton towards half time than we did say against Borough, perhaps. But again, that first fifteen minutes after half time, that was like a different Liverpool, a different game. It could have been a different day. We, we, we as you say, the only thing missing was that goal, similar to Middlesbrough. Um, and I was a bit worried later on in the second half that when we did the the review show about Borough, we were saying that because Borough aren't geared to chase a game and and aren't as good as as many other teams that. We didn't pay the price for not killing someone in that 15-minute period of domination because it actually continued to 20 and 25 minutes and we were all right. My concern was that either Everton would wrestle that momentum back, which didn't actually happen. The breaks with Henderson and the keeper 
completely killed momentum, adrenaline, the build-up for me. And I thought we were really sloppy um, after I appeared in. And Shannon Sturridge just brought a bit more sharpness back into it. And I was gutted about that because I thought, I'm going to be doing this show with you guys and thinking about that it's that it's this ruthless problem. And we spoke about that after Borough, didn't we? Even, mm. even against Watford. We should have hit 11 or 12. Yeah. And I, I was in the pub with one of my mates watching, but it's all he was saying to me. And I think he's right that you know, it, you can be ruthless at 4 or 5 nil up and, and you get your eye in then and you take that into games that you really need it for. And it's mad. We're second in the league. But when I don't think we're that ruthless generally. And in that 15-minute period after half-time, we could, a little bit, a bit more, we're getting not one, we could absolutely kill that game we were that good in that period I think that's we have got to improve on that because there are 15-20 minutes in games where we should be not just taking games away from people they should be absolutely buried and we have lost the league title before and goal difference as well and that, that you know it is something and it's a factor in 13-14 it's a massive yeah. factor in 13-14 yeah. it's in everyone's minds all the way through I, I agree with that but it is the the manager mentions post-match I think Firmino's perhaps a slight factor in this as well Paul that he's Clearly not still back a hundred percent. He has a very good second half against Middles, but maybe it just suited him. He got he got he got motoring last night. He you didn't feel like he you don't feel like you got a seven out of ten game. And I think the manager all but acknowledged that post match that he, at the minute he's doing a job for him. And maybe if everybody was fit, it might be that for me. I was currently getting a little break to heal from whatever knock it is that he's that he's that he's dealing with, and it could just be a cumulative factor of three or four of them. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and second half that. You were watching him, and by the end, he was he was really struggling. And it, it, in fairness, well, I mean, we've I've talked about Firmino before, and I, I feel a bit responsible actually because since I said he was the most underrated player in the league, he hasn't been in form at all. So <laughs> I take some responsibility. I um, have not been back to Goodison since 1994. So I, <laughs> literally, like curse and things like that. I'm, I'm bang into that. I literally stay away from the place. I was there for Ferguson's debut. See, and if there was ever a derby when you think you're going to win five nil. It was that one when they were bottom of the league or whatever. So um, after after getting done two 0 there, when we should have won, you know, they're that bad. I've decided I'm never going back again. I never have. So I'm putting our record against Everton recently. I'm getting a bit of a bit of credit for that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of credit. Yeah, you should. We should we should all do our role. I'm, I'm never going to speak highly of any of our players ever again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never say they're underrated <laughs> yeah. or anything. But he, he, I mean, for, in fairness, to him, like, this is one of the things I was saying. Like, you, you, people stereotype obviously Brazilians and. The fancy dance and all that. He's, he's one of the toughest players you, you'll ever see in your life. It's I just love it. I love the fact he's got these lovely shiny white teeth and all these haircuts and all the rest of it. And he's just dead hard, just really, really hard. And you saw it. I mean, don't there were still some flashes last night of of when he was having a little just he just have a little thirty second spell where you're like oh he's got his touch in. How would you sum up his game, Paul, last night? Glass half full or half half empty. On one hand, you could say if I was making a case for, I could say well he's very unlucky not to get two goals. He's he's really worked his socks off. He's battling. He's fighting. Where even in the second half, he's doing a better shift down the flank for us. He's really tracking some needless fouls, but you know the desires there. And on the other hand, I could say a bit of a dirt out touch, a bit of a dirt out sort of performance in a, in a weird way. Just never knowing what you're going to get. One minute it's some inconsistent passing and touches and movements, and and missed a big chance at nil nil that we could be talking about a bit differently. You know what I mean. Yeah, I would use some of Klopp seems to suggest after the game that I know he's not right, but he's just far too important. He has to be in this team, and it doesn't look like he's getting hooked, even if he's having say a, a bad night. I mean, what, how would you sum up his performance? I think night? I think you've just nailed it with with Dirk. It's a it's a Dirk out performance. If if you'd never seen Roberto Firmino play before and you saw saw that game in a derby mm. at Goodison. I think you'd be fairly you'd be fairly impressed by what he's done. His work rate, his his desire, is the way he's getting stuck in. And and you know, if it's not for Coleman's great interception, he, yeah. he gets his goal. I I think he was. I think his finish for the um, kind of a hat trick actually. Now you come to think of it, because there's one off the corner. Yeah, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so. It's hard to it's hard to criticise him on that level, isn't it? The, the only reason we are there's any criticism of it is we've seen we've seen the heights he, he hits when he's when he's on pump and that's he's he's obviously a couple of steps below that right now, but I think he I think he's still putting a very a very solid away Goodison performance. I think I think he's I think second half he's helped because Reed does more of his football off the left. Yeah. And I think that again that, I thought Colm was terrified yeah. by the way of him. Yeah, couldn't like he was giving him two, three yards at times. He was absolutely terrified of him. I mean, Coleman might have had his legs going himself. 
No, I think that Coleman was suffering. He was struggling a little bit. He was tired. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something in there with 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 with, with Origi moving left that I think frees Firmino up a little bit. It's no surprise that that's when he begins to get chances, if nothing else, if if the other stuff isn't coming, if the quality of the finish isn't quite there. I think he's now for me fallen into the category of a footballer who needs a goal. Firmino in that a lot yeah. of what I've seen him do right the way through this, the, the whole calendar year think of Crystal Palace away the 2-1 where Benteke scores the penalty to win where their keeper miss kicks it to Firmino's feet and most other players would try and slot it straight away whereas Firmino's got the composure to read the entire situation know he's got five yards to to move into and then just pass it around him I, I, I think if that dropped to him at the minute he might just take a shot yeah and then he might miss, but he might go in or he might miss. And I, I, he's now, for me, fallen into the category of a lad who could just do with, and I think this is part of the responsibility of playing through the middle. Uh, I think, actually, Andy, Andy's just walked back in, he's producing the show, and Andy actually said to me during the game, of one of his chances, if he scores against Butter, he probably just scores there. Mm. I think it's one of the ones where I think it might be the one that Coleman gets off the line or, or blocks in the end, not quite off the line, but off one of them, that's what he says to me. And, and I think that there's a bit of truth in that. I think at the minute he could do with just getting one. Get it in the back of the net, and then that's that's that sorted a little bit, and then we just sort of move forward, and you get back to the player that he is. Um, the subs is interesting. Well, no, the other thing that's interesting in the second half is Everton only complete sixty three passes and didn't have a corner, and that tells you everything that you need to know. They're playing at home um, in a game that you think that they'd want to win, and to only complete sixty three passes, Sean, is under the circumstances is is is, is pretty mad. It, it's one. It's like chicken and the egg, isn't it? Like they've shot themselves out that badly. And a point probably suits them as well against the fact that we are. I've underestimated how much better we are than them. To be honest with you, I haven't seen that much of Everton this season. And from what I saw last night, like, I actually have some sympathy for that manager. There's a, there's a pretty big rebuilding job there. So I think you got the combination. We're so much better than them that we we move up a couple of gears. You, you know, you've also got the combination that, that they are absolutely shot. But I mean, I can't remember it. I can't remember a derby at their place. We're in the second half. It, it like I could have been in goal for us last night. Genuinely, like they were talking. Carragher and Neville were saying after that, um, you know, justifies the manager's selection in the goalkeeper change, and you don't know what confidence the rest of the team have got. But being honest, p- pretty much any of us around this table could have probably kept goal second half, and we'd have still won the game. Do you know what I mean? So it is. It's mad. I, I, I think. It, what can you say? It's a combination of everything. I do think we we played well, but they were shocking. I think that's one of the one of the surprising things, and this this is a, a general football fan impatient thing, impatient thing. And I turned to to John o, middle of the second half and said, "I I can't I can't really see what Cumin's doing here. I I can't I'm not sure what the plan is." He was unlucky with his subs, though, wasn't he? Like he, I I I I was trying to make it's difficult because I've got proper fans chimpanzee jumping out in a derby game, but I was trying to make some notes during the game for the show and. I was thinking at half time, how does he freshen this up maybe to get more legs on? And then you realise McCarthy goes off, then he's got the keeper. Yeah. And then you go, I make me final sub, but I've got no more if anyone picks up a knock. Aging team knackered. I don't I'm I don't mean just in even in the specific game though, I mean sort of generally speaking. What's yeah. do you know if you when when Klopp comes in, even when Rogers comes in, Martinez comes into a, a squad. Guardiola, perfect example now. Things aren't going that well. But you know what he's trying to do? Yeah. You can see, and he can say to the City fans, look, this is what I'm trying to do, lads. The players all know what I'm trying to do. There's going to be some bad results along the way. I struggle with with Koeman and Everton, and maybe this is all part of the bigger thing we were talking about before. Maybe he came in thinking, well, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to pass the ball. That 63 passes, that thing just wouldn't be a thing because we're going to pass the ball. That's what we're going to do. We're going to build from here. And maybe just as the as the weeks and months have unrolled, he's gone... Well, in this game, we just have to run dead fast yeah, and see Sky, what happens. And... Sky showed some good stats before the game where they looked at Everton against the top six. And bear in mind, Everton are unbeaten at home against the top six. You've yeah. got Arsenal United. And, and, and the, the difference in their stats Spurs is... Spurs as well, first game of the season. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And the difference in their stats is absolutely enormous. Whereas, like, you look at them against the bottom 13, say, it looks like they are trying to play a bit more of a possession game. But mm. against the top six, it is Wimbledon, Everton-esque, dogs of war type stuff so like you said I don't mean he's necessarily putting a philosophy in I think he's maybe just crisis managing at the moment yeah, got, I need wins I need points yeah. we've got Burnley at home today so we play this way I've got Liverpool we have to do the other hmm. I think you're, yeah, you're right now you say that I don't quite know what he's trying to do I can only think he's trying to crisis manage his way from window to window 
Yeah. It'll be interesting whether he's, with his signings and stuff, yeah. it'll probably tell a lot. Whether or not it gets clearer. Uh, didn't have a corner either. I just want to talk about the introduction of the subs, and it's, I've, I've joked on this on all the shows, but I'm going to keep saying it, which is that there was a pretty clear get them 15 minutes plan, um, which was what I was shouting on 75 minutes. I haven't forgotten that there'll be eight minutes injury time. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a, a great example of why Jurgen Klopp is far, far better at being Jurgen Klopp than I could ever, ever dream of. I love of. the fume, by the way. That I've seen loads of fume about scoring an injury time when Barkley and Baines smashing their keeper created the injury time, <laughs> yeah. which probably, when you think there's been uh, was a five subs during the second half and a goal, so there's three minutes, four minutes, I think eight's kind. Sorry, it's yeah. probably so ten or twelve, by the way. I thought, uh, me personally, I was going, I think there'd been five, five subs at that point in time and it got, no, there hadn't been a goal, so there'd been five subs, so I'm thinking right, straight away there's at least, there's got to be three. And I'm thinking the Barkley Henderson and the keeper thing because the keeper was twice. Remember? Yeah, the keeper's gone down twice. I'm thinking I want ten. Well, I was, I was a bit disappointed with eight. But I was probably just because I wanted to win and we were nil. We, I was, I was, I was presuming the worst and thinking, and I, I actually said I'd take six. Yeah, it's Mike Dean's a three. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking I'd take six here. I'd just take six. But, but it, you then when when you see Sturridge and Chan, and I think Sturridge comes on, I think he does really well. And if if we're talking about the Daniel Sturridge, he probably would have been wouldn't have been risked if it wasn't the derby. Then he's done even better again. Chan also makes a significant contribution. It's good to have those options, Paul, and you get to see Sturridge force it, force the issue, find his find Liverpool's way home. Mane anticipating best, but what you also see in all there is the exhaustion of Everton. Mane and both Mane and Firmino are both reacting quicker to what's unfolding in front of them than any of those Everton defenders are at that point. And Mane's nimble and gets there, but if it bounces the other way, Firmino probably turns it in. Yeah, there's there's a few points in it, isn't there? I think it's probably the first game we've had this season where we want Liverpool to shoot more than they were. Mm. Uh, yeah. We've criticised them a lot this year. Oh, the goalkeeper couldn't too move. Much. He was hopping on one but, leg, and we I, still didn't put the ball in the box. I, w- I was furious so about this. We, we spoke about it after the game. It, I, I, there was a show a few weeks ago while I was away where people were talking about him. What what one player would you have back that you played in the past? No, I couldn't believe no one said Jabby Alonso because in games like that, Jab, in the first half when there's no space, Jabby would just be going, "Give it to me." And I'll give it back to you. Give it to me, and we'll just keep Jabby Alonso. Just have it on the influence maps. He just just be his name. He just keep the ball basically. And then when he sees the keeper, because when I'm watching it back today, I was like, you know, in that five minutes where the keepers literally can't stand up, which it looks like we're trying to create an opportunity to have a shot. And I'm watching it going, just have a shot. Jabby Alonso would have got it from forty yards out we'll and gone. Right I'll just hit it. Just yeah. hit it. Hit it towards the corner of the goal and see what happens. And it, that it's funny that we've gone from now and it, it's this is the thing with you know better than we do on this Peppling but this is the balancing the yeah it's, it's that balance isn't it you've gone from you're trying to drill these players to stop shooting so much and then you get to the point where even cops at the side going shoot lads and they're like but you told us what what are we trying to and that's the problem but sure. i think on the storage point that we were we were literally saying Joe, and you're saying about the, the the 75 minutes and stuff i'm literally standing in the ground going just get danny storage on and tell him to have some shots just get that and just watching that moment where he picks it up out wide and it's that moment and we, we st- this is what we were doing much better second half and, and the, the end of the first half is keeping just keeping the ball that extra step mm. that extra step it's alright you don't need to pull the trigger and yeah. watch I'll just keep it an extra step and it's just getting that extra yard and he knows because he, he's a goal scorer it doesn't matter if he doesn't connect with it perfectly yeah. get the shot away get the direction right the rest follows well it also t- it ties Everton out more as well do you know what I mean? Because through yeah. the course of that half, with us not having the shot, they've just had to keep moving. Every time we move the ball, they've got to move. I think, remember how it feels for Everton as well. When the referee blows his whistle for that sub, all the Everton players get a breather and they have to look over and go, oh, Emre Chan and Daniel Sturridge are coming on. Yeah, and everyone in their ground gets the chance to look at Emre Chan and Daniel Sturridge coming on. And I think, even Ronald Koeman, you're in the technical area, if you see a team at your ground and, it, and you're nil-nil or you're drawing and an opposition manager's bringing on serious artillery at that stage it's hard not to go okay we 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 need to back off here a points decent it's hard not to have that mentality it, you, no one I don't think goes right let's fight fire with fire especially when he's played his cards on his subs and, and the game is the way it is and I think for the Liverpool team they're also looking at that sub and Jurgen Klopp doesn't need to say anything that is sending out a serious message to his team that you have got 15 minutes and this is two subs to go and win this game and I think you know little things with storage that I think there's loads of stuff he doesn't get the credit for like you look at him and Klopp after the game and the reaction between the two is fantastic every time Sky cut to the 
Klopp in the background. Sturridge is sat next to Trent Alexander-Arnold, talking to him, yeah. chatting to him. Sometimes looks quite serious, other times having a laugh and a joke. And that's a senior player, do you know what I mean? That's Steven Gerrard or Adam Lallana. I think people pick up on that and, yeah. and rave about that and talk about his role in the dressing room. People aren't talking about that with Daniel Sturridge because people either love him or they seem to be like quite anti-Daniel Sturridge, you know? And I generally think, for me, I'd put him in against Stoke. In fact, I wouldn't. I'd tell him you got the next 10 games. And and I, I don't care what happens to you after them 10 games. You start in the next 10 games and you are putting us top of the league. Chelsea do not win this league. I'll bet anyone any money they want. Chelsea are not winning this league title. My, my fear is that City click. And if Chelsea can put 11, 12 runs together and the best they can do against us, injury ravage with a billion away games against everyone, the best they can do, six points. Sorry, we're not doing our job. If we don't reel, we will reel them in. I've got no doubt about that. My only concern is the city click and the likes of De Bruyne and Sterling and Silva and Aguero. They've got some serious match winners that if they click, they can put a run together. And they're in and around Chelsea like we are right now. And I think Daniel Sturridge for me, you saw last night, even in a game when nothing's happening or whatever, he can take games away from people. And I would just say, you got the next 10, Daniel. Even if I get you for an hour, you got the next ten. Don't care if you have a bad game, whatever. Go and take this, take this league title away now. You go and put us top of the table. He is good enough, honestly. I he is good enough on song with this Liverpool side. You give me ten games of him for an hour each game, decent Nick. We're top of the table at the end of that ten games. Yeah, I I probably agree with most of that. It's it's funny. I I'll have to mention this because we've obviously got a very similar view on on the the subs and things. And I've done the article I've done today basically talks about which is so spoiler if you don't save save some of you reading if you listen to this <laughs> first. But basically talks about where where the side everyone fears now. Ch- Chelsea are Chelsea and they've been Chelsea and all the rest of it. Um, but they've they've not scored lots of goals in recent times. They've got this three at the back. People are looking at them. They're starting to try and figure them out. I think. But we've got this thing about us. We've got Klopp that everyone envies. We've we've won in lo- so many different ways now. And the one thing I was saying was missing from this side, and I've been saying it for a long time now, is the Man United thing of wearing a team down and wearing a team down and wearing a team down just so that they get to the... It, how, how often? It was. It feels like my whole adult life, I watched Man United and I'd see that they were getting beat 1-0 with 10 minutes left. And I just... I used to, I remember my mum used to send me text messages saying United are getting beat and I'd send her a message back saying they'll win 2-1. Yeah. And they would. And and I remember that that storage chanting I've written about this today. I've got this vivid memory and I, I can't even tell you who they were playing against. But in my head, it's every game they ever played. And they they, <laughs> they were they were playing a team. It were getting a draw. It was like it was like Everton last night. That's what it was. And then the the ref signals there's going to be a sub. And it's Sky's cameras and Sky Sky's cameras are behind the players coming on. And the two players standing side by side coming on are David Beckham and Roy Keane. And you can see <laughs> past Keane Sauce. and Beckham to the players' faces on the pitch. And the opposition faces just... It's just like they all look at each other and go, Christ's sake. Like, this, we've got to deal with this now. Yeah. And, and it's that thing of like, lads, you might think you've only got 10 minutes left, but it's going to be the longest 10 minutes of your life. Yeah. And now that we've done that thing, it's like completing the collection. Now, what you do now? Because we go, okay, well, now we've got our lads back. And what, then we get Phil Coutinho back. And then we give Firmino a few days off so Getty gets back in full nick. And then Matip comes back. And all of a sudden, when we're getting to the end of a game, instead of Klopp looking at his bench and thinking, I've only got three kids to bring on in, in attacking positions, he's going, cop for that. Here's Danny Sturridge and Emre Chan. Lovely upbeat stuff before Christmas. Sean Rogers and Paul Cope. Uh, Sean Rogers is saying he's taking any bet on Chelsea. I'm not going to let him take any at all. Uh, I'm going to look after all that sort of stuff. Uh, thank you very much to the pair of them. I hope you very they much enjoyed. They're not winning. I hope you very much enjoyed this Tuesday. They're not winning anything. Uh, back more of this sort of stuff next week. That was an Anfield Rap player show behind the paywall normally, but this week is part of the Christmas hamper. We just wanted to give it to you, let you listen, see what we're about. Hopefully you enjoyed it hugely. There'll be more of them to come. Sports Social Podcast Network.